Drew, you're going to find that many of the podcasts record, whether they're good or bad, depend greatly on our own point of view. A certain point of view, one might say. But here we are back again. Uh, amidst the, it's we got coronavirus out there. We've got we've got snow. It's middle of Buffalo. We got snow. And I'm looking at my watch, Drew, and it's just about time for Galactus to come peeking over that horizon. But until he does, we will be here putting out the show for you, good people. Drew, how are you doing, sir? Mm. That's an ominous hum and, a, and some crashing bags. Are you cracking open another bottle? Uh, can you can you hear the uh, the ping there? I I heard the ping. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been that kind of that kind of day, my friend. Um, I'm well. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm fine here now. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm okay. But uh, okay, yeah. the perils of a toddler um, when mom and dad are trying to work have been have been uh, mounting on us a bit. So it's been oh. uh, it's been it's been stressful. But we're we're hanging in there. We're okay. Everything's well. Mom and dad still have employment. So, uh, you know, like I said last week or last time, I should say, um, just I'm, I'm, everything's good. Taking every, everything one day at a time. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. So we're back again. Uh, it's, it feels good to be back. feels good to be doing this, uh, during yes. this time. Yes. Um, to be able to get together like this again, obviously because for obvious reasons, we don't get a regular game night. We have not physically seen each other in well over a month. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, this time of year is definitely welcome. And we hope you dear listeners are enjoying this, uh, listening to us as much as we are doing this. Uh, we're back again here. Uh, we've got some, some, you know, Fuzzy teddy bears overthrowing an empire to talk about, some more <laughs> stuff to talk about. But Drew, let's let's stand on a little bit of ceremony. Uh, how how was aside from uh, previously mentioned? How was your week? Oh, it's been good. Um, I suppose. I mean, every every day, if I in in the nine inch nails parlance, Carl, uh, every day is exactly the same. <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah. you can put that in your YouTube machine kids and um really pay attention <laughs> and you'll you'll find that that's really uh, that's that's about the gist of it at the at the moment. Uh I like today on our on my my team um Skype chat for work. It's like everyone's like, "Hey, it's Friday." And you know, we're all trying to be upbeat and again, we're all we're, yeah. all, we're all happy to still be working and we're fortunate in that regard, but it's like yeah, is it though Friday? I, I don't know. It, I guess. Sure, it's, it's day day. It's 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 something. Um, but uh, you know, I'm just hanging in there, uh, playing Animal Crossing and um, playing uh, playing Doom Eternal, despite really uh, coming to terms with the. I, I think I've come to terms with with something, Carl. I. And it's, uh, it pains me to say, but I think I'm okay saying it. Okay. Uh, I, I don't like this game. I borderline, are you, are you, I, I borderline hate it. Ooh, are you giving it the horse from running Stimpy? Stimpy? No, mm, sir. You don't like it? Yeah, I think that's about where it's at. Um, 
Oh man. I'm I'm just I'm really every time I think I'm like, okay, kinda got the hang of it. Kinda kinda understand it's it's still not perfect, but I get it and I'm, you know, okay with it. It throws a new level of, of complete and utter bull crap at you. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> What 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 are we what 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 are we doing here exactly? You know, um, someone decided in their infinite wisdom. Uh, we already talked about. Did we talk about the Marauder two weeks ago? This 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 enemy uh, that 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 is completely broken and ridiculous and grinds the game to a halt. Did we talk about that? I, we may have. All right. Well, because you were weeks, still relatively fresh into the game two weeks ago. Well, two weeks ago, I think I ran into the Marauder and I hit a level of frustration that was uh, palpable. The Marauder is, if you if you look into this on Google and in in people's comments about the game, the Marauder is a frequent uh, point of contention among a lot of people. Rightfully so. He's it's completely he goes against everything that this game supposedly stands for. But let's let's put the Marauder aside because I finally overcame the Marauder and uh never mind the fact that he's kind of supposed to be like a singular character and yet after you kill him you will um face other ones <laughs> which defeats it doesn't even it's not even internally consistent with its own lore, but okay, whatever. We'll just put that aside. Um Carl, right when you, right when I thought th- this game can't possibly throw any more dumb stuff at me, two words, Carl. Underwater sections. Ooh. You get the little uh, music from Super Mario Brothers in there when you go underwater? That might make me smile if that were the case. But no, it just controls badly. And it's not just water, it's toxic waste, which in fairness, the original Doom, the OG, uh, had toxic waste. So I appreciate the callback, but you didn't swim in it back in the original games. Uh, Now you have to swim in it. And uh, it's not fun at all. It's it's clunky and stupid. And the toxic waste uh, kills you slowly. So you not only does it control badly and frustrate you, but it's also killing you as you have to go through it, unless you have the radiation suit, which also depletes. So, yeah, like it's just another thing with this game. And again, I said it last week. This is the game. This this it's like at this point, it's a comedy of errors. It's a, it's a comedy of errors. Like someone at the top at some point in development needed to say firmly to the team that kept spewing ideas like this at, 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 at the meetings, he had to say, no, we're not doing that. But that didn't get said, so here we are. Um, in the words of Emilio Estevez in Young Guns 2, I will finish the game. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying this also, I... I I don't think I like this game. <laughs> and that pains me to say with great, uh, great, great despair because I want to love this game so badly because it is Doom. It is a sequel to a game that I hold near and dear. And this sequel is just a, a masterclass in how not to make a sequel. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that's, 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 that's about it. Animal Crossing has been fantastic. Um, 
just be, because you can play it. There's no wrong way to play it. You can just you can just do whatever and enjoy yourself. And I've been doing that just fine. So um, that's but that's been that's been fun. And Grant actually likes to sit on my lap and watch me play it, which is kind of fun. And um, when he gets bored of that, he starts pointing at uh, the Mario print that I have hung up on my wall over by my uh, my gaming uh, table, uh, like shelving and all that stuff. I have that Mario, yeah. that Mario Zelda and Metroid stuff framed there. He starts pointing at yeah. it, and uh, he starts pointing at it, pointing at it, pointing at it, which means I have to fire up Super Mario Brothers three or Super Mario World so he can see Mario. He 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 knows who Mario is. <laughs> it's awesome. It's pretty awesome. That, that is pretty cool. So uh, yeah, that's that's really all I've been up to. Um, that and you know. It's it's been work, cooking, and and the occasional video game, and enjoying Better Call Saul on a weekly basis as well. So that, that that's that's really it. That's my life now. <laughs> there there is nothing else. <laughs> a little bit of wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, every day is exactly the same. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> hence, uh, hence hence the beer. How are you? I am doing all right. Um, like like you mentioned, the days tend to bleed into one another. Um, there have been a couple mornings where I've legitimately woken up and be like, am I working today or am I not working today? <laughs> I check the phone. Okay, I'm working today. Let's roll out of bed, take a quick shower, get back into our pajamas, make a cup of coffee, go downstairs to the office. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been going okay. I've been catching up on some reading. Um, I am waiting. I finished, I received, started and finished, uh, Saga, Saga volume eight this week. Mm -hmm. And I'm just waiting on number nine in the mail. Um, I also finished and obviously Saga being Saga, it's, freaking incredible yes. um uh i finished uh the shadow and batman crossover from dynamite that came out a couple years back um hey, it was all right it was kind of felt kind of paint by numbers to me mm. just kind of really you know not, nothing really surprising it wasn't bad it was just like you know okay cool this this was the thing I get it. Um, I did, however, get a new game this week. Did you? Um, Tabletop. I did. No. No. Video game. Oh. Uh, I finally, because I saw it was on a good deal on Amazon for 40 bucks. I got a Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Ah, how is it? Um, I am very early on in the game. Andrew, this game is hard. Really? This game is hard. Mm. Like, your enemies hit very hard from the get-go, and you cannot take many hits from the get-go. Like, I was playing, I started playing on hard mode. I downgraded that to medium mode. Um, and I'm not going to lie, Drew, I've, like considered at some points downgrading yet again because like save points are few and far between 
And if you don't, um, unlike a lot of modern games, if you die before you reach the save point, you go all the way back to your last save point hmm. and start over again. Which is something that, you know, adds to the difficulty of the game, which you can make an argument, and it is a valid argument, that single-player games are a bit too easy nowadays. Granted, your experience with Doom may vary. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it is it is really hard. The, the combat is, is cool. Um, it, getting the timing and everything is very tricky. Uh, the the lightsaber has a very good tactile feel to it. Like you can you can like the way the character moves with it, you can feel the weight of it. Okay, almost kind of in a way like that kind of tactile sensation when like early Call of Duty games when you're scoring hits, and it gives you that that little thud sound effect, which kind of conveys a tactile sensation. Sure. Um, it's kind of like that. And you can customize your lightsaber relatively quickly, which is pretty cool. Um, you get like three, three colored blades to choose from right off the bat, a couple different parts to kind of tweak it and adjust it. So that's fun. I, I, Instantly switched mine from blue to green. I was further green blade. Topical, um, topical for the day. Yeah, and also they're like there are some enemies that you come across that you just have to bypass because you're just not strong enough to take them on yet. Mm. And it's like I've tried numerous times to try and take these enemies on, and I'm just like, you know what? We're gonna go a different path. Hmm. And one the one complaint I have about the game is that like when you die, the load time between when you die and when you respawn in your last save point is terrible. Uh, yeah, Doom Eternal's isn't great either, to be honest with you. It's, it's literally like thirty to forty seconds. Yeah, that feels familiar. <laughs> that. That doesn't sound long, listeners, but just sit and do nothing oh, it for is. 30 seconds. Yeah, I feel it's, it. For a modern video game, that's a, that's a pretty bad load time. Um, but the, the story so far is interesting. It's hard for me to really get full-blown into the story of this game, which is why it took me so long to get around to actually getting it and playing it. Because the story of the game is you're trying to rebuild the Jedi Order. Okay. And the game takes place in between episodes three and four of the films. Yeah. Spoilers. Well, <laughs> Spoilers. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's not going to rebuild the Jedi Order. I, I can't shock I'm shocked, Carl. This is my shocked face. Shocked. Shocked. But so far, the game is entertaining. William enjoys it very much. He enjoys watching it. So we're gonna we're gonna see where this journey takes us. Um, are you aware of a certain anniversary this week? Anniversary? Yeah, it's not our wedding anniversary, is it? No, uh, that's ours. Not- no. 
Um, well, I say ours because our wedding anniversaries are on the same day. It is something of an anniversary of ours, though, to a degree. Oh, you're talking uh, Daredevil? It is five years since the premiere of Daredevil on Netflix. Yes, that was uh, last Friday. Man. Um, I, I did a live stream for that for our little channel just to kind of mark the occasion. Yeah? Yeah. Not a, not a ton of people showed up, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, five years, man. Crazy. Uh. Now... More and more, we're getting old news stories here, old news stories there. I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I miss it a lot. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I mean, granted, we will never get it back the way we had it. Not no. Which is, is obviously its preferred uh, version, but uh, the more and more we're getting old news stories here and there, where I think. It is within the foreseeable future we will see old Hornhead on a screen again. Whether it's a movie screen or a television screen, it's to be determined. One can only hope that Disney is smart and uh, has Charlie Cox reprise the role. I I hope everybody is on deck because, I mean, uh, it's too good to to just leave hanging like that man and and, and, well, and, and, and everyone is and everyone involved with it is so it, they're they're all so game to come back to it like i i know charlie cox is i know vincent d'onofrio is like come on like but it's, at the same at the same time an argument can be made for do you want to see those versions of those characters in that world yes do we do we <laughs> yes. want Yes, do we I do. want Fisk in a world where he can't solve a problem with an SUV door? I mean, within I don't know, man. I think I think uh, the niche that the shows filled, there's room for that. It just depends on how much they want to rub it up against the, uh, I, I don't know, the PGness. How, how much? Is Vincent D'Onofrio's kingpin going to have to rub up and play nice with, you know, I don't know, your your Ant-Mans or whatever? Like, I, I don't know. He doesn't have to. They could keep it in his own little corner and not for nothing, but, like, there might not be a card door involved, but uh, Michael Keaton's vulture seemed to be fairly, fairly vicious. You know, there might not be a bloodletting happening, but he threatened to kill Peter pretty pretty blatantly. And Kingpin and Spider Man, that's I, I I'd like to see that happen. You know. Right. I mean right. I, I don't know. I think like I, I think if Marvel's smart they could It does. I and and you're you're right. But I think, you know, there's a there's a way that they could you know, get their hands dirty a little bit with, with this stuff while not keeping you know, they don't I mean Look, in Infinity War, no, I'm correct. I'm sorry. In the beginning of Endgame, uh, they go to Thanos' home planet and Thor cuts his head off. Like, you know, it's it. This stuff can get there if it has to. So you know, I mean, we're, 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 you're comparing um, a CGI head of a purple alien 
grants are being cut off to seeing brain matter spill out yes, I, on the cardboard. But I mean, come on. It, this is a matter of degree, really. You know, I'm, and, uh, you know. I get what you're saying. I think uh, there's room for this. And Daredevil's too good, man. He's, he's come on. Let's no, I, I fully agree with you. So anyway, that, five years, yes, five years removed. Hmm. So that was our week's dear listeners. As always, we would love to hear from you. Uh, share some stories, shoot us some questions, contact us. You can do so at the following locations. You can do so at, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at doubles pod. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash doubles pod. You can email us at the devils pod at gmail.com. And you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the devils podcast.com. And Drew, we do have some emails. All right. All right. So we got three emails. Uh, first off, with a Mr. Cyrus Moore, longtime show contributor. Greetings, gentlemen. It's been quite some time. Hope you are doing well. Just finished your episode featuring your retrospective on New Hope. I enjoy the topic for the shows. I'm a huge Star Wars fan as well. And can't wait for you to cover the rest of the movies. I'm strange and surprisingly, my favorite movie of the series is Episode 3. I personally love the depiction of Anakin's descent into darkness and Duel on Mustafar is an absolute treasure for me. My question this week has to do with a YouTube video last year called Scene 38 Reimagined. I was curious if what you both think about it. Naturally, when you alter classics, you were treading into special edition territory, but I really enjoyed the work they did with the portrayal of Vader and Obi-Wan's duel. You can feel the anger and power coming from Vader and Kenobi doing all he can to hold on. It's certainly more entertaining than the dated 70s choreography, but I'm curious what Drew thinks specifically being such a fan of the original series. Ah, I I have no time for fan fiction, so... So have you... You've seen the video, though, right? I think I sat through it once. Exactly once. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know the one you means, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's fine. I, I, it's based. The problem with that is that it's just based on what came after it, and I have no need to dwell on that. Um, it's a matter of it's a certain point of view, I suppose. But um, I, you know, all of the excess hatred and choreography of the duel in episode three, not to mention the sheer um, <laughs> mind-numbing length of the thing. Eh, I just, it, it just, it was, it, it, it just teetered on, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Excess, for the sake of excess. And someone decided that that would make a fun project to recreate in CGI with Alec Guinness and redo the duel in episode four. I mean, eh. the duel in episode four is fine. If for what it is in the original trilogy, it's two old guys who haven't seen each other in a long time dueling in the manner of the more civilized age that they were accustomed to. And that's what it was when, I mean, and that's fine. It's perfectly fine. Is it dated 
in in retrospect compared to what came after it with Luke, young young whippersnapper Luke, by the way, in Empire and in Jedi. Well, yeah, but Obi-Wan was also meant to be an old man. Another reason why the chronology of these prequels doesn't make any sense to me. Obi-Wan in the original trilogy, to me, was meant to be, like, old. Like, he's old. And then it turns out, like, eh, it's like 15 years ago. Like, oh, well, he's not that old then. Like, <laughs> Those years on Tatooine are harsh, man. Dude, he aged, like, like, like 30 years in Luke's lifespan. It doesn't make any sense, but okay. Um, anyway, um... So, look, it's fine. It's a fun little fan thing. I, I have a, I have a friend who years ago would would just insist that I watch like these fan edits of movies. I, I, I'm telling you, it's better. It's better than the original. This fan edit's fantastic. And I'm like, man, look, I I I don't care about some some one person's vision of what something's supposed to be. Give me the artist's vision of what the thing is, and I will I will evaluate it as such, and I will judge it as such, and I'm and I'm fine with that. Anything else is like, you know, a cover song, and 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 and, and I say as I say that there are cover songs that I like better than the original artists who performed them. So you know, I'm being a little bit hypocritical here, but for me personally, um, the OG is fine. The video is well. I mean, I'm going to tell you the the, the video is well done. It's exceptionally well crafted, and it it does what it is what it set out to do in convincing fashion. It's just not for me. Okay, I think um, yeah, I've watched the video a couple times. I think that when you have a story like Star Wars that has an impact uh, generations of fan as Star Wars had, it is going to be reinterpreted. Uh, like any great story that becomes a part of culture is reinterpreted. How many different Robin Hood movies do we have? How many, you know, different, um, you know, tellings of the gunfight at the OK Corral do we have? Whether it's historical uh, documentation or it's a, a tale of fiction, when it becomes embraced by the culture as a whole, it lends itself to reinterpretation. And this is something that like a fan is like saying, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if and it's not say that I don't like the original, like the original, like you says, what it is, it's, it's an old man fighting someone who's, you know, half machine. And given what, you know, sword fight choreography was at the time and what George had to work with at the time, it's it's perfectly fine. Like, believe me, the guy who's choreographing that sword fight was choreographing sword fights for Errol Flynn and choreographed sword fights for Lord of the Rings. So he that guy is a master, and we got the best with what he had to work with. Um, this scene is, I think, is a very cool and interesting reinterpretation. But, like, if someone ever said, well, you know, this scene should replace the original and the edit of the film, I'd be like, no, no, stop. Go away. Go go put your tinfoil hat back on. Go sit down in the corner and eat your cheese stick. You're fine. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a cool reinterpretation. I dig it. I can get behind it. I'll, I, if someone said, hey, I've never seen it, should I check it out? I'd be like, yeah, sure. Check it out. So, yeah. All right. 
that is my thought on that. All right. So now moving on to Mr. And thank you, Cyrus, very much for your question. Moving on to Mr. Chris Taylor. Hey, guys, love the last episode, but the Boba Fett discussion got me wondering. If they gave Boba Fett the treatment we got in the Mandalorian series, do you think we would hold him in the same regards uh, that we do uh, Mando himself? Well, I mean... Um, yeah. If, if that's how we were introduced to Boba Fett, then yes. But the problem is Mandalorian doesn't exist without Boba Fett. Right, right. Like, without the, Boba the Fett, there is no Mando. Right. The strikingness of that design which just kind of fueled its own like cult fan following which eventually turned into a like huge legitimate fan following within star wars um you know lent itself to developing of that lore of the mandalorian lore and um eventually led us to the mandalorian Uh, you know would it be would it be cool to see a Mandalorian style series about Boba Fett. Listen, uh, you know, I, I've always said on the show, tell me a good tale and I'll forgive you for s- some sins. Um, it's, it's very difficult in the world that we are kind of, you know, discussing and run around in our wheelhouse, so to speak, uh, to say, you know, dead characters shouldn't come back. Cause we've seen it done both ways. We've seen dead characters brought back to life uh, terribly. Name any number of stories where this has happened that's been done terribly. And we've seen characters who we've thought untouchable to bring back to life, brought back to life, done masterfully. See Edward Baker's Winter Soldier run on Cap. Mm -hmm. So it is within the realm of possibility but you're going to have to make it really good yeah anything good no that's <laughs> not good i you're not that's that's exactly right would i like to see a you know a series about boba fett proper in the style of mando i suppose but i mean is it 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 it's we're kind of getting that in in a way, you know, like yeah. only except except, uh, and I I didn't really think about this too much uh, until recently, for whatever reason. Um, we get the extra intrigue, um, in Mando about the Mandalorian culture and the Mando's place in it and whatnot, and not for nothing, but Boba Fett. Uh, is he even a Mando? No. I don't know if Jango Fett was Mandalorian. So, and, I don't know if and that's let's, and let's just pre- canon or not. And let's just pretend that Jango Fett, which again, I don't care about Jango Fett in the slightest, but let's just pretend that Jango Fett uh, was Mando. What, let's say he was. Well, it, we didn't have really any real indication of that or him caring about the culture as the culture as we know it anyway, based on what we've seen in the show. Sure. The dude's walking around nonchalantly without a helmet on all the time. Um, and then he dies, leaving his clone son or whatever. Don't get me started on that whole origin, by the way. Um, we'll talk about that when the time comes, actually. So, yay! Uh, but 
like, does that kid have any ties to the Mandalorians that he would care about or know about? Like, I don't think so. So J- Boba Fett's really just a poser. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing that's been uh, fleshed out in any of the canon that I have seen. As far, like, uh, young Boba Fett made some appearances in the Clone Wars animated series, but he wasn't, like, rocking the armor or anything because he was still a kid. Um, there's no, like, there wasn't any mention of connection to him's Django actually being Mandalorian. Um, obviously, there's a lot of books out right now that are considered canon, none of which I have read. Um, so if there's something mentioned in there, by all means, let us know. But other than that, um, so yeah. Uh, second part of Chris's email. Uh, given the latest wave of concert cancellations and reschedules, do you think people will be a little hesitant to share an armrest at the next big Marvel DC movie opening weekend, or will they just opt for a home video on demand release instead? Uh, mm, I think people are going to go back to stuff when they feel that it's safe to do so. And they're going to be dying to do so. So, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think I th- it's still going to be a little while yet. It will be, um, but I think once we get the the all clear to do it, I I I, I think people are going to be okay with just kind of getting back to normal. Just, yeah, like, just that's just not, my feeling and, on it. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I want the all clear just as much as the next person, but I'm not about to trust most people who are in the position to give the all clear that they're giving the all clear because it is actually all clear and not just trying to get back to making money yeah don't um please don't get me started because i will i will uh yeah yeah. i could spend some time Uh, on the subject and i'd rather not (laughs) yeah i think i think it's going to be some time obviously this was something especially like marvel where everything is in a phase and everything has to have a certain order to it um this kind of messes with that. This kind of pushes everything back. Like, can you release any of the Disney plus series before like black widow or Dr. Strange to come out? I don't know. It just depends on when they fall in the canon in the phase. So, you know, is it, uh, feasible that Disney may have some sort of, uh, special paywall put into Disney plus they're saying, Hey, we're, we're releasing uh, black widow to Disney plus you have to pay a fee to see it. I think most people would probably do that. If the fee is comparable to a movie ticket. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Like how as bad as the situation has been, and as much as we all wanted to end as soon as possible, it's been very interesting to see how different things are adjusting to the situation and wondering what the new reality is going to be once the situation passes. Because we're, I mean, it's clear to say that we're not just going to go back to business as usual. Um, it's, it's obvious this is going, this is one of those, you know, world-changing events and it's going to 
be interesting to see what the end result is and like how long it takes people to be comfortable going to a movie going to a concert going to a sporting event um my my ultimate shocked face this past week came in the the xfl announcing it was ceasing productions and all staff has been laid off shocked shocked i tell you uh, <laughs> but yeah so i don't i don't know how long it's going to be uh it'll but it will be an interesting phenomenon to the to witness for lack of a better term all I know is I have tickets to uh, Tool, and I have tickets to uh, Gojira and Deftones, and I have tickets to uh, All Elite Wrestling. And as soon as they say that those uh, shows are happening, um, I'm going. <laughs> I don't care. So then let me ask you this. Like, okay, so if they say they're going, if they say shows are on, come one, come all, before you feel 100% comfortable that it is actually safe to go, uh, like, it depends on how comfortable I feel. Uh, I, I have to see. I'm I'm driven by data more or less. So if yeah. I see the numbers coming down, if we are over the the worst of of this curve, um, and the things are on the decline for a good period of time, um, I'm 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 fine. But if it's still, you know, if if there's still, uh hot patches, if you will, of, of the, of the stuff going on. And if there's still flare ups here and there, uh, I'll be more reticent, but show me the data and I'll, I'll go with that. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very, but... I'm very pragmatic in my, in my approach. I'm not like right now. No, no, I, I'm, I'm not going to anything right now because everything yeah. wisely is canceled. But once, once the data shows like, look, it's, it's statistically, very unlikely that we will have another breakout, you know, the way it has been for the last few months. Once we're back to air quotes normal, I I will readily and I will readily go to these events and I will welcome them wholeheartedly because I miss I miss that stuff a lot. Yeah. But however, don't take my attitude to be such that uh i'm not endorsing anyone do that right now so like that situation in michigan and uh, you know these people planning their little thing in buffalo this week uh look just because uh just because i feel better but i've got five more days of the antibiotic to take doesn't mean i stop taking the antibiotic i take it until it's done right um so yeah, we're not over this hump yet. Uh, I definitely worry about, um, like, let's just say New York City. We live in New York. We you know we're, we're New York State, right? But right. We, but we are not New York City. However, Erie no. County is second in the state to New York City in terms of the outbreak severity. Even well, though the number, even the numbers are much much smaller, we yeah. are we are still there. So yeah. I do fear though that once New York City's uh, numbers start to decline. Um, the state, the rest of the state is going to have a flippant attitude about it and be like, oh, well, yeah, it's fine now. We can just go do whatever. And it's like, no, you can't. <laughs> Their data is not your data. And not only that, like, if you do that now, you are just you are just asking for this to come back with a vengeance quickly. 
Like, so yeah, it's we uh, need somebody... time. We need time and space to be assured that things are okay. And I'm and I yeah. am, I am one hundred percent advocating for that. Yeah, somebody somebody uh, posted on Facebook today citing uh, the end of the Spanish flu, and I believe it was nineteen sixteen. And New York City had a big parade to celebrate the Spanish flu, and then the next day there were three thousand new cases. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. So, so what? Let's let 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 things play out. I know, and the thing is, look, man, I know the hardship that people are going through. I understand, and it, it's it's it is brutal. I get it, but the alternative is people die. I mean, frankly, quite frankly, people die. And even if they don't die, they will be ill. And while some of them may show some symptoms, some may show none, some may get it severely. And even if they recover, they might not be the same as they were before. Um, I've heard people recovering and they they haven't regained their sense of taste and smell, like things like that, or, you know... Uh, or go, go, you know, if you go on a ventilator, your odds are not good to survive. Number one, number two, even if you do survive, you're probably not going to be in good shape. You're not going right. to be in the shape you were prior to that to that situation. So, you know, let's not tempt fate. It's just, just I, I know it's hard, and, and again, I'm 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 preaching this in a, in a fortunate position. I understand that, but look, do you value? Your life, do you value the life of other people? If so, be smart and just hold tight for a little while longer, and we're all going to get over this. Yeah. I mean, there's really nothing more you can say beyond that. I mean, I got I got friends who are nurses and a uh, friend who's a doctor and you know, my best friend Jim is is a radiology tech, and he's working in Buffalo General. Like he's in he's in the heart of where this thing is being treated in this area. And yeah, you know, my best goes out to him, and obviously all those who are doing everything they can to try and keep some semblance of normal life for us and fighting this thing. Um, but folks. <laughs> You're being asked to sit home and just watch some TV for a while. Well, so, unfortunately, I, I hear you, Carl. Unfortunately, uh, the world the, the the world that we live in, um, just because it's you know gripped by global pandemic and everyone is fearing for their lives, their well being, and their jobs, um, the bills don't stop. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, business it's gonna business, unfortunately. And that's I I don't yeah. I I said I didn't want to get into this, so let's maybe just kind of put a button in it but man i'm gonna tell you i'm getting real tired of businesses superseding people and that's getting real tiring to me has been for a yeah. long time and this situation is compounding all the feelings i have about it and it's just it's just maybe it may, no, maybe it may be a topic for another day but yeah. it, it really grinds uh, my gears <laughs> So Chris closes out asking also, how many months is winter in Western New York? Uh, Chris, the answer, <laughs> to, the answer to that is as many as it wants to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As many, so, as many yeah. months as it will. Uh, hmm, let's see. The better question is how many months can summer steal from winter? 
<laughs> without getting caught? <laughs> it, the answer is a few. <laughs> yeah. So, Chris, thank you very much for your questions. We appreciate it. Now on to Mr. J.H.L. Cimino, uh, whose tag team partner is conspicuously absent this week. That's no, okay. uh, Nothing for Mr. Alan Wears. Alan's grinding. But it's okay. Jay, He's rising grind, Alan. He's doing good. <laughs> Jay's here for us again. Um, Alan, Alan posed a question on Facebook today. Should he grow a fro during yes. quarantine? Yes. The answer, Alan, is yes. Absolutely. Yes. Combined with his weight loss, Alan is going to come out of this like like black dynamite. He's going to be like the man. He is. Just grow it, Alan. Ladies grow are going to be melting for Alan Waiters when this is all said and done. <laughs> oh, okay, by the way, so- Alan, um, I hit my 20, 20 pounds. 20 pounds down, my friend. Woo-hoo. I did it. pounds. There we go. All right, Drew and Carl. If you could take one bad sequel to a movie and make it good, mm. what movie is it, and how would you change it? Okay, bad sequels. And make it good. Um, you're going to have to help me, Carl. Give me some bad sequels. Um, all right. Well, since going on the theme of the episode, since we're talking thirds in a trilogy, we'll go down the line. Uh, Godfather Part 3. Dark Knight Rises. Oh wow! Uh, so okay, yeah. I was here. I am thinking second movie, but yeah, third. Okay, thirds. Sure. Okay, Godfather Part Three. Uh, recast Sofia Coppola. Done. And maybe tighten up the script a little bit with the whole Vatican plot. Was it was a little thick, a little weird, but yeah. but Re- re- recast Sofia Coppola and just pay Robert De Niro what he wants. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean. Vito was dead by then, so it's fine. It was Michael's story anyway to begin with. So just tighten up that script. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I said Robert De Niro. I meant Robert Duvall. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yes. not only do you recast Sophia George, Coppola, maybe... George Hamilton out there, out of there. Get Robert Duvall back in. <laughs> George Hamilton. I forgot about him. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm saying this is someone who likes Godfather Part 3. It's It's... It's it's a film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Dark Knight Rises. Oh, boy. What, where to begin with that? Start plugging those potholes. Uh, start. Just, you know, okay. You know the script for Dark Knight Rises? Just go ahead and throw that away. <laughs> start over again. Yeah. Because, man, did that thing... Not hold up at, at all, really. No, <laughs> beautiful, no, it's gotta, beautiful to look at film, but good. It's God. got some good bones to it. There's a good skeletal structure there, but just uh, everything else just kind of doesn't doesn't hold water. No. Um, no. Also, take Tom Hardy aside and be like, okay, you know this voice thing that you're doing? Yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> Please stop. Oh, I'm fine with the Tom Hardy being voiced. I thought it was fine. I mean, it's um, it's fun and all, but maybe it didn't have to be. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Uh, obviously, you could say Rise of Skywalker. Oh Just God! Don't shoot, please no. shoot, shoot the original Trevor O script. Um, yeah, something <laughs> freaking incredible. Um, how would let me let me ask you this? How would you if you have to keep the same basic structure 
Mm. And this is, and folks, spoilers, this is going to be a common theme for our our prequel episodes, our episodes one, two, and three episodes. If you have to keep the same basic structure, how do you fix RoboCop 3? Just three? (laughs) Just three. Hmm. Um... Well, number one, I don't make it PG thirteen. <laughs> That's number one. Two is not great, but it's not by far the worst. Two, two is not great, but it's not it's not a, it's not bad. Okay, I, let's be clear. It's not bad, but it, it is a it is a a shift, a tonal shift, especially from the first. The, I mean, the, to be fair, the first is so, it's so lightning in a bottle. I mean, like to recreate that is nigh impossible but let's talk about three okay so so three number one it has to be rated r you can't you can't make robocop pg-13 you just can't um number two um i mean ditch the robot ninjas yeah ditch 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 the ninja and maybe okay maybe keep the robot ninjas but don't make them look like humans even then, uh, yeah, just just ditch the robot ninjas entirely. Set up the villains to be more like like the the the, the military bad guy. That's that's enough, really. That's really all you need. I mean, Boddicker wasn't a robot superhuman in the first one, and he was enough to to carry you know the villainous weight. So just just set up the antagonists a little more. RoboCop versus versus OCP. You know, in in a in a formal capacity with the, the with the plight of the common people behind him, that's all fine. Like on paper, that's all great. So I would say just make it rated R, tighten up the script, uh, and and you know, I don't know. I, maybe don't kill Lewis. I I don't know. I don't know. That, not that that's like anything that that's not something that like hinges the whole. That's not the that's not the downfall of RoboCop Three. It's just something that happens in it. Yeah. All right. Cool. And and you know what? To be fair, though, like maybe, Rob- eh, RoboCop needs more character development as well. I I don't know. I I gotta think that through. But like it it it's like he has the character reveal the big revelation in the first movie that he is this other person, and then so he's neither. He knows that he's not he he is Murphy, but he's not really Murphy. He doesn't really remember being Murphy. He just has Murphy's memories. He's this kind of RoboCop is RoboCop essentially, right? He has to make peace with where who he was and who he is. They kind of follow through with that in two, but not to any real satisfying degree. And then in three, it's just he's just kind of there. He's there to just kind of be the hero. He has no arc of his own. He's not really wrestling with any personal stuff. He's just kind of there. So I would like to see more personal development of RoboCop. Who is he in in this world after all these events? Is he at peace with himself? Does he have, you know, autonomy in in a way? Is he a citizen? Does he have rights? Like and if so, what you know, is he okay with his life? Like you know, give me more of that, and then build that into the uh, the the, uh, the bigger story with OCP and and uh, Delta City's actual construction, and again the corporation versus the poor and whatnot. And you've got it's all there. It's just it has to be tied together better. 
Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, Drew. Yes. I just finished the previous run on Deadpool and issue 300 did a spoof on the end of Animal Man where Deadpool meets Gary Dugan. <laughs> okay. They even, they even acknowledge it as ripping it off. That's great. Thought you, thought you get a giggle. I hate, you did. I hate Deadpool, but that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any characters you'd like Morrison's tackle in Marvel DC that he hasn't touched yet? Okay. Any, any, uh, anything. Any, I don't care what. Like, he's done it all in DC, so there's nothing really there that I would say, like, he can't he can't or shouldn't do. He's done everything in, in DC. I mean, any, everything worth doing. He's done Justice League. He's done Superman. He's done Batman. Now he's doing Green Lantern. I mean, he's done Wonder Woman, obviously, as well. So he's he's played with all the toys. At Marvel, I feel like he didn't... Man, I, I have to go back and read uh, his book, Super Gods, and see if there's any real... I don't. I don't remember there being real detail about why he chose to leave Marvel, but I. I need to know more about what happened there, and to be fair, like it probably came down to Marvel just not allowing him to do the kind of out there stuff that he wanted to do. Um, so at Marvel, what would I like to see him tackle? Uh. Just about, I I mean, like, just about, just about anything, really. But I mean, I think he would be a, a a pretty wild match on Thor, to be honest with you. Um, the gods aspect and and all of that, he, that could be fun. Uh, I would, I would make Alan work in the current White House administration if it meant we could get a Grant Morrison run on Doctor Strange. Oh, that yeah, that would be fun. Oh. Oh God, that's almost like a no-brainer. Given that Grant Morrison's a yeah. magic practitioner, <laughs> yeah, that would be that'd be a lot of fun. Um, it just depends on. Sorry, what, Alan, uh, with the needs of the many, outweighs the needs of the few. Um, yeah, that would that would be a lot of fun. Uh, I wonder what Grant. I wonder if Grant Morrison has a Hulk story in him too. I don't know. Hard to say. That'd be cool. But he can, to be fair, I just want him working in comics more in general. Um, he's kind of he's doing the Green Lantern series, and that's that's fine. But it's it feels like it's in its own little corner, and it's not really. It's kind of just happening without any real fanfare. And his, uh, his first volume of Green Lantern did absolutely nothing for me. His second volume though was going better. Okay. Um. So. I also miss some creator owned. Grant Morrison. I, I wouldn't mind seeing like a new Annihilator or a new, you know, Sea uh, uh, Guy or, or a Wii Three or something like that. Or I mean, God, do you know what I would give for him to do another Superman story? You know, like uh, just about anything. Yeah. But but at, then again, if you have if you've created one of the all time greatest Superman stories ever told, do you really need to go back and and? Maybe sully your legacy a little. There's nowhere to go but down in in a way. So go yeah. out, t- go out on your high note and and call it a day. Um, but yeah, I I mean, obviously, I do love me some Grant Morrison. So okay, cool. Uh, Carl, when this is all over, would you rather go to do uh, this is where they film this type tour of Martha's Vineyard for Jaws or New Zealand for Lord of the Rings? Um, I know for a fact New Zealand does have a tour and that they actually 
built Hobbiton where it was filmed, like to the specs of the shooting location, and they maintain it there now. And Hobbiton is just like as a special warm place deep down in the cockles. So definitely, <laughs> maybe the subcockle uh, area. Maybe even in the subcockle. <laughs> um, definitely uh, New Zealand for the Lord of the Rings tour. All right, so Jay, thank you so very much. Um, everyone else, thank you again for your questions. We appreciate it. Uh, Drew, we're, we're kind of creeping up on an hour already in the show, so there's not really a ton of news per se. Okay, um, Comic-Con's canceled, unless, obviously. Yeah, Comic-Con's canceled, no surprise there. J.J. Uh, Abrams is doing yeah. uh, Justice League Dark Series for HBO now. Fine. Why not? Yeah. Um, uh, XFL folded. WWE fired a ton of people, apparently. Don't I, um, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Good. Cool. There's the news. Jay. Jay. Uh, wait. Jay. This is a, my appeal to Jay. Uh when, when when are we doing the wrestling podcast in light of, you know, nothing really happening? <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't I shouldn't have said that cuz I I have no time. <laughs> Even in a global pandemic. We have no, you know you know what I found I'm still busy that, actually. <laughs> yeah, you know what I found that being um in quarantine with a kid is like it's like being in school when all your friends have a snow day. <laughs> well, like, it's like the like opposite your, of what your, you want. Your friends, your friends without kids have all this free time now because they can't go anywhere to do, like, you know, catch up on reading, you know, watch all these different things. Um, those of us with kids, Drew, I saw Big Hero 6 16 times. Oh, wow. Yes. Yesterday. It's <laughs> fantastic. Oh man. Dude, I'm just yeah. I'm just trying to keep the kid out of trouble, which is impossible. So, you know, I'll if if I have to watch Big Hero Six sixteen times, that's an improvement over my situation right now. <laughs> yeah, you say that now. Dude. You say that now. This kid's a psychopath. Don't get me wrong. I love me some Big Hero 6. It's great. There's still times I'll like kind of sit down and watch it with them. But, oh, man. At least at least it's not, you know, going to kill him or bite him. Whereas the stuff that Grant wants to get into could kill him or potentially bite or maim him because he doesn't know when to stop tormenting. My poor dogs, man. They're... they're <laughs> <laughs> This kid just walks up to him and hits him in the face. No, no, no warning, no justification. Just yeah. Like, oh my god! Stop! Please stop. Yeah. Uh, so okay, let us move on to the heart of the matter. Yes. Uh, let us continue our deep dive, philosophical discussions of the Star Wars films. We apologize uh, if that's the only reason you're listening to this episode. Uh, we're sorry it took an hour to get to the Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I would I would say maybe put some timestamps in the episode descriptions, but you know what? Nah. We work hard to give you this free content. Yeah. We're going to make you look for it. It's two-way street. Yeah, you um, get to work with us here. Right. So, 
And so here we come to Return of the Jedi. Now, Return of the Jedi is, as we mentioned uh, previously, uh, it's a third film. And it is in rarefied air of third films that have to follow up a groundbreaking genre-shifting second film. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in that club with, you know, The Godfather Part 3, The Dark Knight Rises. Um, you know, you can make the case for Avengers Endgame. You know, it's not technically a third film. It's still that one that kind of has to land the plane. And, and oh, it does. But and, oh, oh, it does. Um, and so Jedi had that challenge to it. Now I know Jedi is a very, still to this day, a very divisive film between Star Wars fans. I know Star Wars fans who return Jedi is their favorite film of the series. Brian looking at you (laughs) and also quick shout out to Brian's uh, family podcast. It's come to this, another Simpsons podcast. Um, Download it while fine podcasts are are sold. Um, So yeah, and then there are other fans who just do not like it at all. There are some fans who like it, but, you know, admit that it is a, or state that it is a bad film. And there, there are some fans who are just kind of meh about it. Drew, where do you fall? Well, when you're a kid, when I was a kid, it was, it was the, you know, like this, like they say, they say in clerks, empire Jedi, Right. Which one's which one is your favorite? Like like almost like Star Wars doesn't exist. Like yeah 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 Star Wars, but but Empire or Jedi though. So when you're right. a kid, I feel like you know um, those it's it's one or the other. And depending on my mood when I was a kid, I think when I was a kid, to be honest with you, I think I liked Return of the Jedi more. Um, why why would that have been? Because in hindsight, it's it's strange. Why would that have been? Maybe because. I liked the green lightsaber. I I liked the Jabba, I liked more, the Jabba portion. I liked uh, yeah, I liked it, a lot of the gravitas more, of Vader right. and, and the Emperor and all that stuff is actually pretty heavy. And, and it, as far as the kid angle goes, it has some more fun set pieces. Than sure, the speeder bike chase is real fun. Um, you know that like that that's a that's a cool section of the movie. Uh, you know the Ewoks. I had no. I didn't have a real take on the Ewoks as a child. They didn't really register with me much. They just existed. The final space battle is is amazing in Return oh, of the God. Jedi. Yeah. Uh, the Death Star looks kind of weird and creepy. It's like a, like it's like the slasher villain version of the Death Star. Right. Um. So it has a lot going for it in that regard. So when I was a kid, I think, I think I preferred return of the Jedi, but once I reached, reached a certain age of, of reason or of, uh, once you develop the palette, I guess once I, once I started, you know, looking beyond the superficial and more into the substance and into the, you know, the subtext of it all, 
Empire just, you know, you know, chef's kiss. Empire is, is everything, as we discussed in our last episode. And Jedi's right. flaws, Jedi's flaws, unfortunately, start to show. Um, but, you know, it's still good. I still enjoy it quite a bit. Um, yeah. But I, but I am ready to admit its flaws. Um, it, the Ewok angle is strange in hindsight. And it's, it's like, wow, we're taking this weird turn here with our heroes and they're, they're being subservient to teddy bears in the name of a galactic war. <laughs> uh, okay. Right. Sure. That's something that is happening right now. Um, the first 40 minutes of the movie or however long, how long is the job is the job portion of the film? I think it's like 45 minutes. Okay. Well, that's 45 minutes that honestly has nothing to do with the plot of the film. <laughs> it's just, right. 40, it's a 45 minute diversion to get Han back. And Hey, look, fine. It's because it's a great it, diversion. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Right. It's totally awesome. But from a, like a, a, as a film, it has nothing to do with the film, <laughs> you know, with the yeah. plot of the movie. Like, um, it, it was my favorite part of the movie when I was a kid. Those were the toys that I wanted the most. Like the job of the hut toy and all like the palace guards and the boring guards. You know, I wanted a bit for two to figure like I wanted to recreate that scene more than like most other things from Jedi. Yeah. I mean, cause what else is there? There's, there's again, there's teddy bears and that's it. Yeah. The red, those, those really cool red guards don't do anything. <laughs> no, they do not. They, they walk leave them. and they leave. <laughs> That's all they do. And those really creepy, uh, 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 those other creep show guys that are in the uh, throne room, the emperor's like advisor guys. Yeah. Remember them? They're in, they're in the movie yep. for like three seconds and they go away. They're, they're there to bow. Yeah. Um, but you know all that stuff though with the emperor invader it's all good stuff and um the and luke invaders dynamic uh is heavy in jedi like you know they had the big confrontation in in empire and the revelation that happens and in jedi like luke has accepted this and rather than go in guns blazing he sees it another way and we get the you know the turn, the the turn back to the good side and all that, and that's all good stuff. I heard some people like yeah. some people like don't like that Vader, you know, gets they think they, they want to say Vader got neutered in Jedi and all that. It's like I don't know, man. Like I don't, I disagree entirely. Like he got to spend all of Empire being you know a, a, a really bad dude, and then he finds out his son is alive. Not only is he alive, but he's super powerful, and he reveals himself to, to him. And you know, we spend the interim between the movies. Vader is probably searching for him, and he's probably doing a lot of soul searching as well. And he knows that the Emperor wants him. He, the Emperor will turn him, or he will kill him. Now, Vader, he might be evil, but he's still a man. Some you know there's a, there is a semblance of a man in that armor, and you're telling me your boss says we're going to turn your kid bad with us, or we're going to kill him. I don't think that's going to sit right with with 
with Vader no matter no matter what. And that doesn't even include the context, by the way, because it didn't exist yet, of that whole rule of two nonsense, which is ridiculous when you think about it, because if that were the case, what what is Vader doing hunting his own kid down for the Emperor knowing that that's a thing? What, what does he think is going to happen to him if, if Luke turns to the dark side? There can be only two. Uh, I don't think Emperor's laying down his life for you, Vader, so that means you're out, Chief. <laughs> what are you doing? Anyway, that's that's a separate discussion. But anyway, I don't think Vader got neutered in Jedi. I think he, you know, he he's a he's he's still a bad guy, but he now is trying to appeal to his son, and his son is trying to appeal to him. And man, the end duel, and not the end duel is fantastic, and not for the reasons Star Wars fans who worship at the altar of like the Episode One duel think it is the return of the jedi duel is incredible not because the choreography is great which it is but all of the weight that is behind the whole thing all of the emotional weight the plot weight behind it all is so important that it makes that duel just the most it's it's everything it's not just flash i mean it's flashier than like like we said earlier obi-wan and vader in episode four but Dude, it, it's it's Vader versus Luke, father versus son, with the fate of the whole rebellion on the line. And not only that, Luke is coming to terms with like his own ascension as a Jedi, his own development, and he's realizing the path he's on. This is Luke wearing all black. He is he is whether he realizes it or not, following down his father's footsteps until he realizes it in the end and turns away. And that ultimately wins. That's also it's you know for all the crap that Jedi does does kind of wrong. It hits Luke's arc is is like a laser, and it and it sticks the landing. I rambled a lot there, Carl, but I'm sorry that that, that, that's all great stuff. Like Luke's the whole thing with Luke at the end is just fantastic. I mean, it's you can make an argument like what. You have two key uh, plots that you have to resolve in a film. Of the two plots, either one of them on their own could take up an entire film. You have the plot of resolving, you know, is Darth Vader Luke Skywalker's father? And if so, how is that ultimately resolved? And then you have the plot of the Rebel Alliance versus the Empire. Like, what is this uh, final climactic battle going to look like? Like, if for well, I remember when I was a kid and I was first in Jedi, and I saw the Death Star in the opening. I'm like, did they rebuild it? They sure did. And like, well, no, they're just they were building a new, another one at the same time because you know the rule of government spending. Why, why have one when you can <laughs> pay for two? Yeah, thanks, contact. Um, Right. And so, and I think it, it handles, it handles most of them well. One of the, uh, one of the, the shortcomings of the, the films, and again, you only have so much screen time to work with, is we don't get a sense of the larger world beyond 
the empire that we see on screen and the rebellion that we see on screen. Like we don't know what we don't know what the empire is fighting to maintain, and we don't know what the what the rebellion is fighting to overcome. And that's like one of the main weaknesses of, of all three films. And mm. for for all their flaws, that's flushed out a little bit in in the prequels. Like we see the grander world as it exists and what led to these things. But it's kind of hard to see that from the perspective of just what we see in these films. And again, you only have so much screen time to work with and you have these two massive stories you got to land. Um, like, yeah, Ewoks were a thing when the film came out and like we got two canon television film sequels um just cashing in on wait, wait, the canon i believe those films are still considered canon no no way i'll, I'll, I'll double check they they might still be considered canon um but yeah it's like like i heard i feel like this is an episode of toy galaxy all of a sudden <laughs> yeah is it I heard, canon? Uh, <laughs> right. I heard a, an interview with Lucas, and he said, like, originally in the script, the Ewoks were Wookiees. But a race of primitive Wookiees didn't make sense, because I had already established Chewbacca as being able to fly a ship and repair it and be, you know, very intelligent. So I just, you know, cut the Wookiees in half and made them smaller. For a while, you know, when you're a kid, that's really all the explanation you need. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, you're not, you're not, you're not thinking of, you know, would a rock really do something against battle armor, or would a arrow shot by a very small being, only possessing so much physical mass and muscle, be able to actually penetrate this armor? You're not thinking that. You're thinking, whoa, this is an awesome battle going on right here. Hey, what are those things there? They're like AT-ATs, but smaller. It's like the AT-AT pooped, and we got that. <laughs> uh, um, the internet tells me that um, they the films were classified as C-Canon, whatever that means. Uh, that's, a, that's new terminology to me. Star Wars has a lot of... Uh, Weird terminology, but uh, once Disney sure, once sure. once once Disney bought things, um, the only things that were canon were the episodic films, the Clone Wars TV series, and then anything after that. So, is okay. it canon? In the words of Dan Larson, no. no. <laughs> um, so yeah, you've you've got these two huge things you have land. Only so much springtime to do it in, which you can make the argument for. It's puzzling why the Java sequence is as long as it is, but it still serves that purpose. I think the, the, the Java sequence in the beginning serves two main purposes. One, it gets Han back into the fold, and two, it establishes Luke as a Jedi. Like, it makes it the Java sequence makes Luke beating Vader in the end more believable. Sure. Because we have seen that he is not the broken feet of character we saw at the end of Empire and not the doe-eyed wandering farm boy that we saw at the end of A New Hope. No, he's fully realized. 
Right. Um, and then we get back to our points that we made last episode about stories that grow organically and go in a direction that were not initially intended with in the last movie we had it with the reveal of vader as luke's father in this film we have it in the reveal of leia as Mm. luke's sister and i think as i said last week or last episode uh i i this this reveal did not have to be made (laughs) i think i feel like george just um felt like he had to do something like that again, like some kind of reveal to shock everyone. Right. And and it was, it, you know what it was? It was probably twofold. Number one, it was probably, I have to shock, I have to shock everyone again. I have to have some kind of big reveal because turning Luke or turning Vader babyface in the end wasn't going to be a shock, right? Come on. Like we all, we all popped for that. Anyway, uh, Number two, eh, like, I feel like he, it was the 80s, early 80s. We have to make sure Luke has the not gays. So we better, you know, he, he, he can't be outright rejected and be okay with it by his previous air quotes love interest, you know, from the first movie, borderline the first half of the second movie. We can't have him be okay. Eh, no, can't have that. So we better make him related. Yeah. So it's okay. so it's okay. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, did, did you care about Luke? Romantic? Like, honestly, God. By the time Jedi rolled around and Leia and Han, did you really care if Luke ended up with Leia at all by then? No, neither did I. No. <laughs> it was just like they had they had flushed that story out. You know, the the love triangle, as it were, was abandoned relatively early in Empire for the best. Um, I mean, is the the reveal of Leia being Luke's sister, it, you know, because that reveal was made back, you know, when obviously the the movie was first made, we, we saw it all when we were kids, and when we were kids, we're like, okay, cool. Let's move on to the the flash. I thought flashy, it was weird when I was a kid, man. I mean, it's, because it I had seen Empire. <laughs> I saw oh, Empire. Well, yeah. <laughs> she kissed that dude. Yeah. What's so, going on here? It's like, it, it's one of those things that's just like, okay, you know, this is this is the canon. It's part of the the story we love, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's added to it. It's it's given. It's got holes in it in that, you know, the biggest hole being what we understood of the Force back then. Leia being Luke's sister, ergo being Vader's daughter, and Vader having the encounters with Leia that he had. Yeah, right, right, right. Not not sensing something through the Force... You yeah. know, you can, yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, it, again, you're, you're it's totally it's, right. It's the, it's, it's the canons. It's part of what it is, and it, I mean, it was one of those things that has really been 
flushed out and used as a good bedrock for the sequel trilogy where we see that the great sin of the Skywalker family is ultimately vanity. And the only one to ever defeat that sin is in fact Leia. Whereas Anakin succumbed to his own vanity and that led him to becoming Vader. Luke succumbed to his own vanity and that led him to losing Ben Solo to the dark side and buying into his own legend. Leia never does that. Leia is the most emotionally and mentally secure and stable member of that family. Um, when you when you think about it, and that that can be kind of surprising. Um. Yeah. I. I. I don't want to. I'm. I'm reluctant to judge anything in the original trilogy based on how it played out in the sequels. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna table that for now. Uh. But, you know, Le- Leia didn't need that baggage, and Luke didn't need that bag. Like that. The whole thing just didn't need to really be done. It's it is what it is. Like you said, it is the canon. We have to accept it, and that's fine. But it just never really landed right with me. Um, and I feel like it, it's just too big a it's too big a thing to just drop out there and ha- and just and just let it go. We're wrapping all this up, so we're gonna have this big reveal. The, Leia spends like no time at all dwelling on the idea that wait you're my brother that mean that means Vader is my father too. She doesn't think about that at all. Like it doesn't even affect her. Right. I mean, you can make the argument that that's kind of what that whole scene is in the Ewok village after Luke leaves with Han. I guess, like, but like, yeah, you can make the argument, but you know. It the very next day, she's back in full rebel mode. Right. I, you uh, know, there's yeah. just it's too much to. That's not, there's, there's, there's a lot not, to wrestle with there's, there. There's not enough there's time. Alter, yeah, ultimately, it comes down to there's not enough real estate in the film to deal with it the way it deserved to be dealt with. Not to mention, we spent 45 minutes rescuing Han Solo so he can do effectively nothing for the rest of the film. <laughs> Hey, Han was shooting people. I guess. I I he just was commanding. He yeah. was he was he was being Han. Anyone could have really he, done. He that. had he had an idea. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like nothing he about nothing about any of that really. Han like that didn't have to be Han Solo. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Um, he just—it just felt like he, his character had no agency whatsoever in this film. He—he he just he gets rescued and then he's just kind of there. So, so you're saying that if Han Solo is not in this film, it does not change the outcome. Not unlike another Harrison Ford famous uh, role. Oh, Ra- oh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, the only difference there is that that film is about. Uh, Indiana Jones, whereas Return of the Jedi is not about Han Solo <laughs> at all. Um, so yeah, the you touched on it earlier the the space battle. Oh man, it's just oh god, the Death Star battle in the end, epic. The the only thing that 
is on the same level and in some ways surpasses is the the Scarif battle in Rogue One. Yeah, which was easily inspired uh, by this battle in Return of the Jedi. Right. Um, oh, it's the the scope is talk about a scope change. It, like you're what you're witnessing in that in that sequence in Jedi, honestly, is like an evolution of not just you know, it's not just the the movie escalating the stakes. You're you're watching literally film history being made. You're you're seeing ILM who who pioneered a lot of this stuff in A New Hope. And then six years later, this they like they they have six more years to refine their craft, and the result is that ending battle in Jedi. Like you're seeing cinema history being made, right. and and even at that point, even with that six years of developing their craft, there's still things that don't work out, i.e. the B wing. Like the B wing is this is this big ship in Star Wars lore. Everybody, you know, Star Wars fans know what it looks like. You know, the cool like body revolving around the cockpit gyroscope type thing. The S foils on it, and it's very visual, very different, but is only in one shot and not in any actual battle shots because they couldn't get the model to work properly. No. But no, you know yeah, what? I, you, but did you care at the time? Like that battle is so no, cool. You didn't, Who cares? You didn't care about the time, and the toy was awesome. I know because I had it. Um, of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just it was, it was one of those things. Like I went through phases as a child where what what was my favorite part of Jedi? Like. It would be a, a period of my life where, you know, my favorite part was the job sequence. And then there would be a period of my life where my favorite part was like the Luke Vader fight or then be a part where the favorite part was the, you know, the space battle. Um, nowadays, like obviously with X-Wing being such a big hobby for me, you know, that space battle. You know what the great thing about the space battle is? I know we're kind of getting away from the intent of these episodes um, but the great thing about space battles, next time you watch the space battle, ignore everything going on in the foreground and just look at how much stuff is going on in the background. Oh yeah, dude! Because, like because I said, it's, it's just as flushed out. Right? Like they they made it look. It's almost like ahead of its time for for eighty three with the level of detail in it. Like it, they really uh, they did their due diligence in making that that battle look legit right i'm trying to think well um palpatine uh he's great we get ian mcdermott in this role is just i i feel and this could just be you know years of of growing up with with it but i feel in return of the jedi he is incredible Yes, and that everything, every other reprisal of the role that he has done, that he did after that, was just like a caricature of of this, and not not the same performance. It it was a caricature of this performance. Um, uh, you're not one hundred percent wrong. But let's, I can't let's just totally say the, su- behind your the subtlety was lost after this. Right. 
Well, that's no, my point. You're right. You're right there. Subtlety was lost. Um, but yeah, just like finally this character getting fleshed out, we get to see him. Uh, been talked about for two films, and we get to see him played out and just beautifully by Ian McDermott. And it's it's just it's fantastic. There are a lot of really great parts of this movie that I think get overlooked a lot. Um, I think the cool thing like, about the cool thing about the Emperor, and again, like context is everything in a way and the context is so lost now just based on everything that we, that has come after this we got you know as the three movies in the original trilogy go along we were introduced into the different aspects of the force and the different shapes it could take over the course of these three movies in a new hope the force and the jedi we think of like feelings sick a sixth sense kind of thing that can play with your mind if if the mind is you know weak enough to be susceptible and laser swords knights right in empire it expands more yoda shows us that it's not just about fighting and laser swords in fact that stuff is not it at all it's more it's more than that it's moving things with your mind it, it's it's you know it's 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 everything in between us it's not physical crude matter as yoda puts that points out and then we see like yoda's twisted reflection in the emperor in the third movie this dark wizard and you know he throws lightning from his hands you know he this guy is is powerful in a way that we haven't even seen before which makes my, the whole eh, i don't want to get too deep but we're going we're going to get to it but i'm just going to put it out there now he has no use for a lightsaber he like he calls it a jedi weapon as in i'm not a jedi i'm beyond all that i'm i the emperor is like evil force incarnate he doesn't have to use a laser sword because he doesn't have to use physical power at all. He, he's like Dark Yoda. He will throw lightning at you. He will use like these dark wizard powers that you've never seen before in his if in his combat. Should he have to use the combat to begin with? Ah, it's it's great. Like we get we 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 get this peek into the the Force as this you know. The Force gets revealed over three films in different aspects, and the Emperor's reveal is like the final reveal um, that we get, and it's it's just great. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's 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 definite, and you get just the the way that he brings about things you haven't seen before is is really well done. Um, I'm trying to think. Because like, you know, we get we get Jedi in eighty three, and then two years later, I you can argue to his credit, Lucas just kind of shuts down Star Wars. Uh like yeah. Eighty five is when kind of the last wave of toys are released. Then we don't really get anything star wars until like you know the the early mid 90s when you know the power of the force figures come out and start generating some excitement and then 
Well, the, no. the, I, I remember the, uh, the, 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 re, the VHS remasters being a very big deal. Right, yeah. The THX remasters came out. So even, uh, like, let me ask you, because you're, you're, you're a little older than I am. Your memory, your memory from that era might be a little sharper than mine. To me, growing up at the time, um, like Star Wars... It's, it, it never went away for me. For me, it was always there on on VHS. So sure, it wasn't like there weren't toys in stores, but these movies ruled hard, and me and all my friends liked them and loved them. And like Star Wars was never like. I guess it. It's weird for me to think of a time when it went away because if for me as a kid it never went away. It it was always there. I mean, it's when you have the love for it that we do. Yes, it's always there in one form or another. As as far as like part of the larger cultural zeitgeist, um, it it definitely went away. Um, it would it was like picture. Trying to think of like if Marvel just kind of stopped two years after um, Endgame, like nothing, no new announcements, no, no, hey, we're gonna do this thing, no new product, nothing, just stopped mm. for like ten years, and that's kind of what it was. That's kind of what it was like because back. At that time, Star Wars was back then kind of what Marvel is now. I mean, yeah. granted, Star Wars is still Star Wars, but it's in a different form than what it was back then. Okay. And so, you know, Pete, there was still kids still wanted it, kids still loved it. Um, now, granted, toy sales were declining because we're getting into like kind of the beginnings of the golden age of children's toys in the 80s uh, I, believe, I believe 83 is the year he-man debuted and one of the big marketing points of he-man was putting he-man figures next to star wars action figures which in comparison just make star wars action figures look pretty crappy right um and so lucas just kind of put a stop on it and that was like that that thing that we wanted we've talked about in previous episodes how we would like to see superhero films kind of stop and take a breather for a while um lucas actually did back in 85 now granted it was a 10-year breather and it was outside stuff that kind of got him going on it again uh the timothy zahn Thrawn trilogy was it was a big kind of like spark to the fire and like those were those were kind of the two big sparks that got it up and running again in the early 90s was the Zon trilogy and the power of the force figures um, just kind of reminding people again that Star Wars was out there and that was kind of the beginning of the second wave of fandom which we are still into to this day so and then that brings us to the point we cover in each of these episodes so far is the special edition mm. of return of the jedi mm. which mm. has some really really 
Yeah. Bad additions. You it's, can make the argument this is, Jedi, Jedi gets the might worst. be the worst. It, oh, it's, it is. Easily. Easily the worst. Like, we, like we all say Han shot first, and you know the job scene in Star Wars is terrible. That stuff um, is bad. That stuff is bad. I, but you know what it's not? I, it's not that stupid musical crap that th- that he did in Jedi. That that literally jolts you out of the movie entirely. Oh my god, can I tell you how bad this move this that that scene in Jabba's palace, dude. It it breaks it breaks everything. <laughs> It it's, like I'll let I'll let Greedo shoot first a hundred times out of a hundred if it means putting the old song back in Jabba's palace. I cannot yeah. stand that sequence in Jedi. Oh my god, it is so bad. It it is it was. I hated it back then, and I generally am okay with the special editions as we've discussed. Um, I hated it back then, and upon a recent viewing oh. of it again, it does not look good at all. It's too full. It looks the song. It is, looks terrible. It, it looks bad. The song is completely out of place. It is a it, tonal tonally. It is a tonal mismatch entirely for the rest of the film. It doesn't fit. At all. It just it is this jarring insert that just makes no sense. It it makes no sense. And it's just awful. It is just it is terrible. And then that brings us to the next affront of the Jedi Special Edition. The Sarlacc Pit. Which is putting a a mouth a yeah. beak in in the Sarlacc pit, which Jabba describes is essentially just a biological nest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So man. I hate it. Horrible. Thanks. It I hate terrible. it. Yeah. I hate it. It's bad. It's bad. It's not so to mention, bad. not to mention little, you know what really, you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> We're grinding your gears, Drew. It's these are these are you know to be fair these are the big things that obviously like we we just ugh ugh God that that music song you know what really gets me though every time and and this, there is actually something in Empire that gets me too but I'm gonna I'm gonna mention the thing in in Jedi first and then we'll go back to Empire for a moment when when Lando is falling into the Sarlacc pit. And Han's going to save him. They changed Han's dialogue. And I hate it. What did they change? In the original cut, Han goes, or Lando yells, hey, wait, I thought you were blind. Because... Han is, you know, brandishing a blaster at the, and he's pointing it at Lando slash right, the, right, right, right. And Lando says, hey, wait, I thought you were blind. And Han says back, it's all right. Trust me. Okay. Fine. 
What do they do in the special edition? They cram in more dialogue because that's what George has to cram crap in. And he says, sorry, I can see a lot better. He literally says, sorry, I can see a lot better. The way I just said it, he, he mashes all those words into about half a second. It's all right. I can see a lot better because we, the audience, aren't supposed to know that, you know, hey, maybe his vision's coming back because we're morons, I guess. Him saying trust me isn't enough for us to understand that, oh, he's okay now. No, we got to cram in all this. Uh, I hate I, that. That little line change, dude, just gets me every time and it makes me so irrationally mad. <laughs> just like in Empire, when. Uh, R2 gets eaten by that beast on Dagobah. Yes. And he gets spit out, and Luke goes, you're lucky you don't taste very good. In the cut that we remember, no, no, had to change that. It's, you were lucky to get out of there, which is like, there's no charm in that line. Like, there's no, that line says, that, that line of dialogue says nothing. Whereas, you're lucky you don't taste very good has a sort of jovial, familiar, friendly, whimsical charm to it, which George cannot allow. So, anyway, it's it's those little things that really, that grind grind my gears. Similarly speaking, little things that grind my gears about Return of the Jedi, another reason why it's the worst of of the special editions. Carl. Yes? Cinema film is uh, a medium unto itself. It's a visual medium. I mean, sound uh, as well, but visually, uh, we see things on screen and we understand them based on movement, time, uh, you know, movement and time. We can understand visually. We understand visual information. Yes. Well... I guess I guess George didn't think it was overt enough to relay Vader's conflict over watching his son get fried to death by the Emperor. So, in the special edition, we have to have Vader go, no, no. Yeah. When he when, when he watches when he watches Luke getting hit with like, dude. Yeah, it's that was on the horror. screen, bro. I yep. the camera alone and the way it dwells on Vader as it's happening tells me his inner conflict. He doesn't have to say a word. I understand what is going on. And it's more powerful that he doesn't say anything. Especially in hindsight of episode three, which has the worst Vader no sequence that anyone could have conceived of in any walk of life. In hindsight, I don't want Vader to say no ever again (laughs) to anyone. (laughs) Yeah, that was a more recent addition to it. And I fully agree with you there. Just just unnecessary Ah. for for all the reasons you mentioned. Uh, but but finally, Drew, finally, um, um, I believe the, the modern parlance is, is justice for Yubnub. Dude, what's wrong with Yubnub? Yubnub is great. I, 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 look, I, I'm even like, I'm saying this as someone who is kind of eh on the Ewoks. 
Yub Nub rules. <laughs> Yub Nub is great. So that, they decide to uh, extend the ending sequence yeah. of Return of the Jedi, revisiting all the worlds that, well, not all, but most of the worlds that have been visited throughout the film, showing the celebration um, of the defeat of the Emperor and whatnot. We go to, you know, Tatooine. We go to Cloud City. We go to, in later editions, we go to Naboo and Coruscant. Um, and it's just like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. No. That these celebrations are instantaneously happening. That's not the way things work. <laughs> um, it's, not, it's not the way things work. And this was this was just a battle. This was not the end of the war. Right. The end of the war didn't happen for almost a year later. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like it's one of those things that doesn't. It doesn't make sense. No, and no, it because doesn't. you have this extended sequence. You decide to write uh, a whole new thing in music for it, and it's just yeah, no. It, not to mention it's a, it's, a, it's a bland, boring song to begin with. It, it just yeah. it doesn't have any it it yeah whatever. And oh oh, I didn't forget, but but we're here now. Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen should not show up in this movie, Carl. I would... Yeah. No, he shouldn't. It, it doesn't... It, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it does not. And I'm, it's, I'm and, all and for... Given, not only does it not make sense... Like even in the context of of the story itself, it makes no sense. But given the divisiveness of the character's portrayal, given the divisiveness of Hayden Christensen and his wooden acting, which I'm not gonna like put it all on him because George is not much of a director. Uh, with how beloved the original trilogy is, don't. Don't hang that baggage on Return of the Jedi. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't do that. Right. That's wrong. Vader, especially since Sebastian Shaw was in a scene no less than ten minutes ago. Right. Uh, it, it does like it just doesn't make sense with continuity. Um, yeah, like don't get me wrong. I I'm all for. I w- I would have really liked to see. Hayden Christensen in Rise of Skywalker. That's something I was really hoping that they were going to do to get him in that character in the hands of a director who is better than George. I think we can give JJ that. Sure, um, I'll, I'll give him that. And I've like I've seen Hayden Christensen in things that are not Star Wars, and he's great. So like I'm putting a lot. I'm putting like 90% of that performance on George. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it doesn't make sense. So yeah, the, the special editions, um, as far as, as they go, 
definitely the most jarring one with with no change that I can get behind. Like episode four and episode five both have changes that I can get behind that I'm okay with. Uh, Jedi, I cannot think of a change where I was like, yeah, that was that was a good change that needed to be made. Yeah, there's just yeah, Je- there's Jedi none. was like a point of diminishing returns. It it just it it yeah. didn't need anything and. It, it didn't. It really didn't. Yeah, and, and, and something that I'm fond of saying nowadays: uh, it wasn't broke, but you fixed it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then to follow that up, thanks. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that pretty much covers uh, Jedi. Unless there's anything you can think of that we haven't really touched on. Um. I guess the only other thing I would say about Return of the Jedi, and I didn't, you know, when you're a kid, you 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 know this, but you don't understand it. You can't articulate it. You don't understand. You know, you just you you don't have the words or to put it into. You don't you don't know how to describe it. As an adult, I do. Man, watching Jedi back to back after watching like Empire Strikes Back is, from a filmmaking perspective, jarring. Return of the Jedi is not a very good-looking movie from a cinematography standpoint. It, it it looks weird. It looks flat, and and it it looks like a television show. It doesn't look like a film. Empire looks like a film. Jedi, man, I'm telling you, I, I was why I watched it recently, and I'm and I was like taken aback by it, and I was like, man. I always knew something was different about this movie compared to Empire as a kid, but as an adult, I can I can actually pinpoint it. It it looks odd. It looks I don't want to use the word cheap because the special effects are right. all fantastic, but the special effects yeah. are the special effects. The sets and the lighting of the characters and how they look, like the 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 depth on the screen, the depth in Jedi is just not there. The cinematography is really not good. And I wonder if that came down to the director choice that George wanted. He got, you know, originally it was supposed to be David Lynch and David Lynch passed. And then he got this, uh, foreign film director, uh, Richard Marquand, who basically was just there to be a Lucas. Yes, man. And Lucas apparently was on set every day. And I would imagine he had a lot more shots to call. Um, whereas he did not, appear on set under Irving Kirshner for Empire. And I, I, I don't know who the director of uh, photography was between the two films, but it had to be someone different. There's no way they had the same director of photography. As I say that, I should Google that because I don't want to say that definitively. But yeah, uh, I, I, but you know, like, as I, as I say it in your head, I know you're looking, you're thinking about it, and it's like, yeah, it does look, it looks, it looks odd. Yeah. No, I mean, it definitely... I mean, obviously, the the scenes in the throne room are very cinematic. They're cool. Uh, the, the The space battle in the end is incredibly cinematic and, and epic in scale. Uh, but no, I get what you're saying. Uh, most most other of it kind of has the framing and appearance of an episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. It just it just um, doesn't look. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't look right. I, I do. I, I remember hearing that like Dave Lynch was supposed to pass on it, and you know, all things being equal, probably for the better. Um, <laughs> uh, but also, Steven Spielberg was supposed to direct this one as well. Uh, but what could there have been? was 
there was a problem with the director's guild. He was having an issue with the director's guild on another project that prevented him from directing Jedi. Okay. Still to this day, I would love to see, see a Steven Spielberg directed Star Wars film. Um, just, just so you know that I wasn't talking out of, uh, out of, out of my butt here. Um, the Empire Strikes Back, the cinematographer was Peter Sushitsky, and Return of the Jedi was Alan Hume. So, okay. there, there you go. They were different. And, uh, let me just go over, um, their, their, uh, their, uh, uh, uh filmographies. And yeah, okay. Um, I'll go ahead and say it. They're both comparable. They're comparable filmographies to a degree, but uh, Empire is the better looking movie. <laughs> so yeah. I, I guess it doesn't really matter, does it? I think it's it's very interesting, and it, I think it speaks to the legacy of Jedi. That Jedi is the film that your opinion changes on the most as you grow whether it's yeah. going one way yeah. or another like star wars and empire you know you're typically just like you love them and that's what it is jedi you kind of find yourself going back and forth on as you grow and as the palette develops a bit yeah it, it's interesting like that um uh, again, I'm not calling Jedi a bad movie. I still love it. Yeah, it's it's I it's part of Star Wars. I, I enjoy it. It's you know it's in if I, if I if I had to rank my top five Star Wars films, I'm not sure if three them might not. Yeah, it's still in the top five. Um, that's definitely on the the lower end spectrum um yeah it's still star wars still great put it this way um, um any a lot there there is a, a a not small contingent of fans that would say that star wars the the the, the problems with star wars began with return of the return of the jedi i, I hear that sentiment echoed at you know at times because everyone wants to, everyone you know likes to pinpoint their moment where things got bad or whatever. And a lot of people, I'm sure, would say, "Return of the Jedi, Ewoks." That's when things got bad. Okay. Um, without you know, I'm I don't want to cave too much to the hyperbole there, but 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 put it this way, I get that take. It's not it's not unfounded. It's it's not, you know. It's not that hot a take. I can see it. I may not agree with it totally, but I but I get why we you might feel that way. Put it that way. That I, said, I, I still like Return of the Jedi quite a bit, and I yeah, and, I, and, I'm, and I, I'm not and I'm not saying that I feel that way. I'm just saying I get it. I get why one might feel that way. I don't agree with the take because again, Lucas shut it down two years later for ten years. Right, like, but 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 then, he did bring and then it, it back, came back, and and what form? And, it, and what, like, what, what, what what was the form that it was in when it came back? If you want, like, it, if you want to argue, yeah, if, for the sake of argument, if 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 your contention is that episode one, because that's what we're kind of talking about, is like 
clearly a kid's film, then that person would say, well, yeah, did you see At Return of the Jedi? Like, did you see the Ewoks? They were there for the kids. That's when the tide turned. And I, I, I get that. Like, that's not, it's not that much of a stretch to say, yeah, you're probably, that, that could be right. But see, to that, I would also counter, well, by that definition, then Star, the original Star Wars is a kid's film. You know, it's, it's. Don't, well, see, you know, you know what the problem, though? The problem there, though? As we, as we discussed in the first episode, there's nothing original about Star Wars. It's, no, no, it's, it's not a, a matter of originality, man. It's, it's, it's a matter it's of tone. together of fairy tales, yeah, which yeah. are generally geared towards children. You're, you're not wrong, but there, there's, a, there's, there's a contextual problem in the middle there. Li- literally in the middle. That problem is Empire. <laughs> Empire made this whole thing grow up very quickly, and and it's hard to walk back after that. You know what I mean? Well, if if we learned anything this past year, it's that um, Star Wars doesn't often have problems with walking things back. No, no. Whether, for whether, better or for yeah, worse. For, for better or worse, for sure. Anyway, um, yeah, there you go. So yeah, I'm sure there's things a, that we could get deeper into that we we might have missed, but no, I think we I think we hit all the big bases. Yeah. We're we're sniffing two hours here, so you know we've we've given the people a good good chunk to listen to. And hey, if you guys agree with our takes, if you disagree with our takes, if you have memories or takes that you want of these films that you want to share with us or questions that you want to send us, you can do so at the following locations. You can find us, you can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Do Podcast.com. Drew, you can make the argument that the easy part is over. Uh, yeah, yeah, you- yeah. Is next. <sighs> wait, so wait, we're we're doing. Oh God, yeah, it's, we're doing. It's, we're it's doing order time. release. It's that time. Time to time to get some prequels. Um, I'm and not gonna lie, I've I've done these last three episodes uh, without having to carve out time to watch because I know them so intimately. Um, this is going to be a challenge for me to actually sit down and, and force myself to watch the prequels again. So, uh, y- you're welcome in advance, y'all, because I'm about to go through some, go through some stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> and, re- and remember, Drew, we're not doing this just to crap on them. I will certainly do my best to find some silver linings in, uh, in all of this. I'm not saying we're going to treat him with kid gloves. Oh no! But we're not. But we're not doing this just to crap on him. Because if we do, then we're just every other Star Wars podcast out there. I mean, there's there's plenty of other places people can go to hear people crap on the prequels. So we're going to do our best to put it in our perspectives. We're going to acknowledge the negative. We're going to acknowledge 
the positive, and we're going to look at some possible missed opportunities. Yep. <laughs> okay. You're going to be okay, Drew. Uh, I might be cracking more than one beer next time we can record. Me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be okay. We're, we'll get through these next three episodes. Who knows? You may discover some stuff you like. Your, your vitriol might be might be reduced by maybe 3%. You never know. And then we'll get to the sequels where there's we have some nicer things to say. Okay. All right. So, that being said, Drew, any last thoughts? Uh, 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 uh. I, I should be per- I should be prepared for this, and I'm not. Um, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, wash your hands. Stay inside. Um, yep. Stay safe. Hang tight, y'all. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get through this just fine. We're gonna get through. Uh, don't don't tell anyone about my little maneuver at the Battle of Tanab. I'd appreciate it. You know, I don't like to <laughs> I don't like to brag about it. Just yeah. Keep that under our hats, folks. Until next time, we love you guys. Stay safe. May the force be with you.